Hi there, and welcome to Through My Lens of Life. Today's podcast is entitled Discovering Meaning. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about meaning. And where we found it in our lives. You know, back when we were young, and there's various information out there about this, but back when we were young, and we were from birth to about seven years old, this is the place where programming happens in our childlike minds where the foundation of who we are, in a way, is created. Our sense of self is manufactured in this area of our lives. As well as what meaning we find in everything we experience. And so, with that, a filter is created in our minds about how we will see future events and what meaning words will have and situations will have to us. And if predominantly we had a lot of negative experiences during this tender age of birth to seven, our filter tends to then be set at a place where we will automatically assume that because our brain has recorded certain events and keywords and situations as meaning negative to us, that we will then interpret future events, words, and situations as to be negative. Now, there's nothing wrong with some of these meanings that our brain comes up with. In fact, it becomes the foundation of our sense of self in many aspects. The problem is, is that if we have too many negative experiences between this young age, what ends up happening is our filter becomes faulty in a way. As to say that our brain says to ourselves, well, these are the only experiences I have to account from. So when we come into contact with another person that says certain key words and those words trigger a negative meaning to us, we will automatically take up these people's words or them as senses of selves as such as to be negative towards us when their meaning and their understanding of what they are saying might have a totally different interpretation to them. But because our filter is set at negative for us, for instance, we cannot see their perception of what they are saying. We do not understand the meaning it has to them. Now another place this comes into into play is when a person's tone of voice may be different from yours when they're describing something that's happened to them. 
or when they are talking about something that has emotion behind it. And so their tone changes with their words. And if our filter is set at that tone meaning negative, then we will interpret it as meaning negative to us. So for instance, if we were told somewhere between birth to seven that we used a tone that was not within a parameter that was acceptable in our household. Um, for instance, don't you talk to me in that tone, for instance. Um, we then have a filter that comes up and says, okay, that's unacceptable. That is a tone I, I cannot use. And so then we begin to uh, sort of like rearrange the way in which we would tone what we say so that it would be more acceptable in our household and our experience of family and perhaps even at school. During that time when we were that young age, there were certain things that people expected and didn't expect from us. So that becomes our basis, our baseline of how we interpret speech. And the problem is, is that not everyone is raised the same way. So there might be another household where someone else has been raised in such a way where there was more freedom of expression of tone. And so words took on different meaning. And so for these people, they were allowed to express their tone and meaning in a totally different way to you. So even words have totally different meaning. And we will see this in terms of how people can interpret the word um, understanding or the word meaning or the word um, love or the word care or the word kindness. To every one of us, there is a different interpretation of what that word means. Whether we go and look it up and we agree with you know, the definition or if it has a cultural meaning difference when it comes to our family dynamic or even our society's dynamic as a country. There is fine little differences here and there, but mostly in families um, where a set of words or tones of voice with words will mean different things from one set to another set in terms of people. So in beginning to understand who we are as people, we have to understand how we understand the world and how we interpret things like tone of voice, words, sentences, and ideas as a whole so that we can see the clear difference between us and, say, someone else that comes from a different area and has had a different uh, experience being raised differently to us. And we'll realize that this is one of the fundamental things that leads to misunderstanding. And you can see it represented especially between males and females, for instance. I mean, not only does a male have um, a completely different way in which they communicate to females, for men, um, they have a much smaller center that uh, is in charge of speech. And uh, this is information you can find anywhere. So um, I'm just talking from my own research that I've done on the subject. But men, and it normally tends to sit on the left-hand side 
of the brain, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and women's communication centers tend to operate with both sides of the brain at the same time. And so women have a wider um, ability to use words to describe themselves, where men have a slightly more reserved way in which they communicate. And in that, um, men communicate in a way as to um, describe needs or but get to the point of a subject and sort of like um, they, they don't use it to create emotion as such but more to uh, analyze a point or discuss a subject in a strategic way where a man will analyze something and then sort of go off and think about it before he has something to say on the subject whereas a woman will start out not knowing that she has a whole bunch of emotions inside of her and then will start expressing her emotions with words and so then come to her conclusion of thought uh, somewhere in the conversation and then end up feeling fulfilled. So this is basically where um, differences in gender will show you that men and women have a lot of um, perception differences when it comes to understanding words, especially tone of voice. Um, for men, tone of voice can mean a lot of different things, where um, if someone's vo a tone of voice is a certain way, men might pick up a threat in that tone of voice because the male mind is geared towards analyzing threats. Okay, and testosterone plays a big role here. But um, where a woman will look at tone of voice as more expressions of emotions um, and then try to understand the emotional message being conveyed by the feelings she gets in relation to the words that she hears. So this is where communication can um, be created, but it can also break down. And where understanding between people can be created or be broken. And it's all about understanding differences between um, sections of people, uh, genders of people, um, influences in which they were raised, um, and also the understanding of the language itself, not just as a learned language, but more as a language that has personal ties to every single word. In other words, in, in your home when you were raised when you were young, certain words will have a specific meaning that someone else outside of your family may not even begin to understand what those words mean to you. So in going back and reflecting on why we end up coming up against a world where we feel like we're not understood, we might consider thinking about not just only how we understand our words, and what words mean to us, and what tones mean to us, and the whole concept of, of us as a self, against the differences and similarities um, at the same time of other people around us. We'll find that sometimes this is why we can connect with people, because they seem to understand our meaning. And the, not just what we say in words, but because they connect a similar meaning to what we are conveying, where we find that we come up against others, that we, there will be total misunderstanding. And the reason is because their 
the interpretation of what we're saying is totally different to how we mean it. So, you know, the world is made up of uh, people coming together, trying to communicate and getting everyone to understand how they feel and what things mean to them. And it's such a difficult thing because um, to get someone to truly understand your meaning enables you to really feel heard when they can sort of reflect back to you that they get you 100% in your meaning of what you are saying. Do you then feel fulfilled in the fact that your communication has gone somewhere and meant the same thing to that person as it means to you? Now, when we look at our meaning of life and our meaning of purpose, it's pretty much the same way. What things, how we have interpreted our own internal dialogue as well as the external dialogue sort of dictates um, how we have come into being of understanding what life means and our purpose in this world. And this is why so many people feel unfulfilled because they don't really understand what their purpose is. They don't understand the meaning of life because they feel like it's something that society has dictated and therefore they don't really understand. They can't connect to the concept of its meaning. And I think this has got a lot to do with um, how many people they've come across in their life or um, demonstrations of what society expects where there is no mutual understanding. You know, it's sort of in the way that they see the world and especially in your understanding of yourself. If yourself internally is not understood, if you don't understand yourself, you're going to find it very, very hard to understand someone else. And this is what sort of discovering true sense of self is all about. Because the more you prepare to understand not only your successes, but also your mistakes. And the fact that we have sometimes habits of looking at our negatives rather than our positives. If we keep looking at our negatives, how do we expect anybody else to see our positives? And um, we would be coming from a place where we hope that they see them. And yet we don't. So there's no self-belief, yet we expect others to believe in us. So the real process of beginning sort of starts when you, you go into yourself and you examine yourself deeper, on a deeper level, where you can begin to analyze and accept your faults and Accept your successes, accept the things that are good about yourself as well as the sides that you feel are not very lovable, are not very acceptable, are not um, up to society standards and you love those sides of yourself that you feel uh, or have felt in your life where reflections of it have not been acceptable towards um, the outside world, where if you can accept those pieces of yourself, they can become acceptable to others and um, if you find that inner self-love that there is more chance that others will see you as a loving being in this world um, so you know 
truly finding your own sense of meaning as who you are as a person and an individual is so very, very important. And some people actually never discover it. They spend their whole life never discovering who they really are. They feel lost in the world and society. They feel swept away by um, what other people think of them. And then also their negative narrative that plays in their own head. They never see themselves as worthy or... um, as valuable in any way to themselves, their family or society. And um, it's all about the meaning that they place on their own thoughts and the meaning they place from other people's words that sort of becomes the narrative inside and how they found meaning there and where they placed it in terms of their sense of self. So... I'm definitely recommending that you take an internal journey um, and examine that dynamic and examine the world's dynamic um, as in understanding how everyone has a different perception of self and has a different understanding of, of their self unto the world and of speech and of words and of situations and what they could possibly mean to others um, helps you find more compassion and helps you find that uh, have helps you have more of a sensitivity to others because you realize how you do it yourself you know how you easily mistake what someone says as meaning something negative where it may not necessarily be and this is why people tend to take up criticism so negatively Um, And I'm not saying that all criticism is always being lovingly given. It's just that if we have that standard filter that detects negativity first, before we can see that the person may not necessarily be trying to be negative, but, but be trying to be helpful, that we can then separate the filter from the reality of the words. And if we ask the person, um, certain questions to explain their meaning more. We might find that there's more of an understanding um, of the gentle place where the person could be coming from, um, instead of out, uh, you know, outrightly being cruel and negative. And I'm not saying that that doesn't necessarily happen because you know people do sometimes criticize you from their own personal negative space where they are. Uh, self-criticizing and so they feel like they need to criticize others to make um, to make others feel that um, they're a part of that experience and then they don't feel so alone so yes that does occur but just for self-analysis and 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 maybe you can even spot people that do tend to do that you know that can that tend to come across as um, criticizing uh, in a negative, really nasty way, um, you can sort of see that that there would be a reflection of the internal dialogue. And it helps you have a little bit more compassion for those people because obviously they've had a lot of criticism coming at them in their lives. And this is the reason why they tend to react this way, you know. So those are just my thoughts for today. Thank you for listening. And I hope you will join me for my next episode. This is Rosalie and you've been listening to Through My Lens of Life.